The DNVR Rockies podcast is brought to you by our friends at Solace Meds. You gotta check them out, folks. They're absolutely fantastic in the dispensary world. They got anything and everything you could think of. Some things you maybe haven't even thought of yet. They got fantastic deals on everything from herb and concentrates. They got some edibles for you. They got some drinkables for you. Anything and everything under the sun. And you can get 20% off just for using promo code DNVR20, whether you're ordering online at solacemeds.com, that's S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com, or going into one of their fantastically convenient locations, including one just down the street from the DNVR bar. They've also got one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, and one off of Broadway. Highly recommend you go there. If you're in Wheat Ridge, you can also get a free a free Solace Bar or King Cone just for using that promo code DNVR20. Again, the folks at Solace Meds, they treat you right. They've got some of the best herb anywhere in the world. You've got to check them out today. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. As always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And joining us, as has become our weekly custom, is the voice of the Colorado Rockies on AT&T Sportsnet and the host of the Drew Goodman podcast. It's Drew Goodman. Is this where you go to the uh, line, you tip your cap like an all-star jingle? Yeah. Right, right. You step forward. You do that, just like that or yeah. take it off. And yeah, you if you're at home, if it's home, you be, Yeah, big star to take it off or, or at home, like you said. Home. You have to, yeah, you need to do the official doffing of the cap. You have to right. doff the cap. Yeah. Yeah. needs to be removed and full extension on the doff. Yeah. I think, you know, you can be Joe Cool and just do that. You also have to prepare your good-natured laugh for when you're in opposing divisional territory, for when you're Justin Turner. His his look, we all – I know everyone listening to this hates Justin Turner's guts with a fiery passion of a thousand suns because he does so well against the Rockies. And, I don't you know, hate his guts. No, I was not listening. The people yeah. here, we, but wasn't that he just, he really did eat that up well, I thought. Um, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Justin Turner. He's, I've said this yeah. many times on the air. When the game is on the line and, you know, the Rockies are playing the Dodgers, the last guy I want to see is Justin Turner, and they have a lot of talent. But, yeah. I mean, that guy's going to give you a great at bat, and more often than not, it seems like he's going to come through. But you're right. You have to be prepared to uh, have the self-deprecating laugh when you are like next year, hopefully there's a slew of Rockies in LA for the all-star game. Um, They won't be as vehemently booed as the giant players, but you do have to be able to chuckle. The Padres players got away with it a little bit. They they didn't get too many boos. Like Jake Cronenworth, I think, was the first one during the all-star game. And everyone's like, oh, he's on the Padres. What was his name? I don't. Right, and so he, he got nothing. He almost got nothing. Yeah, which, again, I would you'd you'd rather be booed than have right. nothing. You want the fans to feel something towards you, right? Boys, the great one of the greatest signs of respect is, as we know, in sports, is to get booed in enemy territory. And I could think of a Hall of Famer 
that got such a kick out of it and loved the interactions with the fans and the rivalry on the field, talking about one Larry Chipper Jones, that when he had his first son, I believe it was his first son, he yes. named him Shea, as you guys know, after Shea Stadium. 405. So uh, Drew and I have this thing where you inevitably we'll come up with a pro wrestling reference and we'll, we'll mention, we'll reference the timestamp. Four minutes, five seconds until the first Mets reference for you today, Goody. <laughs> right, right, I, record? I was, I was, it's new record. Uh, I was locked and loaded with a Tim Tuffle reference today, uh, but you beat me to it. You beat yeah. me to it. And wow. yeah, Larry Wayne Jones. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who exactly who said it. Maybe it was Reggie Jackson. Maybe it was a, a pro wrestler. Like, whether you love me or hate me, you know, you feel something towards me, right? They're, they're yeah, on the same end of the spectrum. It, I think passion, it, I, right? I, I do. Who knows who actually originally said it or whatever, but Reggie, uh, there was a very similar quote attributed to Reggie. So I think you're right on, Patrick, that, uh, yeah, whether you love me or hate me, you got to pay attention to me or something like that. Yeah. The, yeah uh, I've asked people, like, what what is the opposite of love? Like, and what is the opposite of hate like because they really are like the on the same end of the spectrum and like the exact opposite is indifference yeah. you're not you're not paying attention to that thing so yeah we know love and hate who they make you feel different ways but they're strong man it, it, it was, makes you feel uh, that passion yeah, the original pro wrestling heel of all that was gorgeous george who gave the advice to muhammad ali a lot of people will pay a lot of money to shut you up see someone shut you up that's yeah. that that's you know that's we're we're in the entertainment business kid yeah he got it he got it uh, i was listening to patrick dispense that advice a moment ago drew and i'm thinking he can hang a shingle outside his crib maybe in uh you know a little little bit of a you know a couch and maybe um some nice incense and and uh do a little therapy yeah yeah break it down like yeah. That's easy. yeah. Or perhaps, or perhaps, based on that reaction and the quiet nod, maybe he's already doing that. Boom! Right. This whole thing is an experiment on the two of us. This is his. Right. My my wife, uh, she she has a master's degree in psychology, so it's it's really just a trickle down effect. I see. She tinkers with my brain, and I go, oh, sense. okay, that's how I'm supposed to think. Got well, it. Well, listen, and then I dispense no, it to all y'all. Knowing you, that explains a lot of things. You need to you needed to marry somebody with an advanced degree in psychology, right? right. Oh, for sure. I was right. a wreck before she walked across that stage and graduated. <laughs> like, but once she got that paperwork, I go, all right, now I'll start listening and taking you seriously. <laughs> and it's been great ever since. Yeah. Uh, all right, fellas. Well, we know as of this day, uh, Michael Givens no longer a Colorado Rocky. Rockies get back a couple of pitching prospects there. As we speak now... <laughs> Trevor Story, John Gray, still Colorado Rockies. Goody, uh, obviously anyone who watched the game last night heard you guys talk a bit about Givens, but just give us your take so far on the Rock and really just the uh, you know the trade deadline so far, your, your takes on what you've seen out there, what the market's been like, and, and what's happening. Well, yeah, there's been some intriguing moves when it comes to the Rockies. Um, the, if you said to me, you know, of, of the guys that, or potentially could be moved by the Rockies, who would be the most likely? I would have told you, and I'm not Monday morning quarterbacking this, or in this case, Thursday morning quarterbacking it. I, I would have said, and I think I did on with you guys and maybe right. on my own podcast, you know, Michael Gibbons, because it just, you know, it doesn't make sense to keep uh, the Rockies bullpen hasn't been good. He's a veteran guy. He actually has been good. 
Uh, it's not some long-standing attachment to the Rockies, and uh, you could get something back for him. So I figured he would get moved. They got, you know, Case Williams back, who they drafted, and they know well. He's a kid. He's 19 years of age, so it's it's going to be a while before we, we know, you know, what he is, what he becomes. I'm intrigued by Noah Davis. Uh, Spilly naturally was really excited. He's a gaucho. Uh, and he's got good numbers this year, 77 strikeouts in, in 66 innings. The walk rate a little higher than you'd like naturally. Um, but the the league, he's in the Florida State League. The walk rate, they're, they're experimenting. You guys know better than I do. They, I think they have a robo-ump. So there's been some – the walk rate is, is higher in that league right now. Uh, but he's got some swing and miss stuff clearly at that level. And I think that's intriguing. You, you get another arm. And – uh, so we'll see where that takes him. In terms of the other guys, I know we're going to get into this uh, more deeply. It's been, um, you know, it's been busy so far, and I think it could be uh, crazy busy over the next 24 hours throughout baseball. Yeah, any anyone that uh, is on an expiring contract, like most seasons, you know, there's teams knocking on doors, and even players that are going to be free agents after next year. You know, they're they're the contenders are are going all in. You see the package of players the Yankees gave up yesterday for Joey Gallo. Maybe not the quality of a of a you know top five prospect of theirs or you know top one hundred, but a lot of really good players just outside of that. And for the Rockies, you know, outside of Story and Gray, there's still CJ Crone if his groin injury is. Uh, of concern, but we've seen teams trade for players who might be banged up a little bit. We know Carlos Estevez only has another year left. Daniel Bard, um, Chris Owings, you know, uh, well, I know he just had the, the thumb surgery, so he's probably not going to be a, a candidate. But, you know, I think seeing Bill Schmidt make that move as the interim GM yesterday, you know, that was good. That was a big, I think, shot of confidence in, in, uh, in his arm and the Rockies arm. Like, yeah, they can, they can pull the trigger and get a deal done. And, as you said, an 11th round pick from 2018 and Noah Davis, and then a fourth round pick, not bad for a reliever that was, you know, going to sit in your bullpen for two months. You know, to bring those guys back uh, is really promising and could be a sign of, of things to come for for bolstering the future of the franchise. Yeah, I, I mean, I would, I would, I don't, again, I don't know if I would say I would expect them to make another move. I think there's probably uh, another move in there. I don't know if if they will make a move in regard to story and in regard to gray, I think they really are going to have to be blown away uh, to move either one of those guys. I do think they're going to make a, a concerted effort to re-sign John gray. Um, I think, you know, clearly if they keep Trevor, they have to offer him, uh, you know, qualifying offer in the, in the off season. So they get the uh, draft pick if he goes away. Um, you know, this is a, uh, uh, an open-ended statement that I'm about to make. How much has Trevor hurt himself because he has had a subpar year by his standards? And he also hurt his elbow. Uh, and you've heard, you know, even though he, you know, he's been playing and he's always kind of guided the ball across. That doesn't mean he doesn't have a strong arm. He does when he's, when he needs to let one rip, he does. But I think there are, there's some questions out there. And when you're talking about a two month rental, do you just say, well, whatever he's done this year, we're going to wipe out because he's probably been dealing uh, with the uh, the emotions of uh, of the uncertainty of being uh, in this position, and you know we'll get the best two months out of him. Or some people say, well, listen, you know, he's probably ten home runs shy of where we'd expect him to be ordinarily. 
uh, the RBIs, all, all those other things, and we're going to push the pause button. I have no idea, but you'd be a fool not to think that it is certainly part of the conversation internally with the teams that have interest. Yeah, Efren asked a question about Trevor Story and home road splits, and I think you know guys like DJ LeMahieu, and we're even seeing with Arenado, kind of putting those questions aside. Like if if you can play ball, you can play ball. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what the splits are like at a Coors Field. We've discussed that many, many, many times. So I think you know it's it's true. You know that Story is kind of having you know somewhat of a down year, but. If you need that piece, right, whether it's at shortstop or at second base or maybe even third base, you know, I think uh, Trevor would be open to saying, hey, look, I, if, if a team is, is interested in, in my services, he can go elsewhere. Yeah, that one I don't get. I, I don't think you do that midseason. I don't see any shortstop going to center field uh, like that. that. That's somewhat unheard of. But but teams, you know, hey, if, if Trevor Story is a better option, and let's face it, he's there's not very many teams that have better options at second short and third base. In fact, I don't think any team uh, has better options than Trevor Story at all three positions. You know, I, I think a team could be willing to make a chance. You're, you're right. We don't know what's going to happen, but um, bottom line, if someone says, look, he moves the needle and we don't really care what his stats have been, then, uh, then you know, maybe we see uh, something happen, but we, you know, we know his talent. You know, with the Yankees, for one, and his right. name has been associated with them, and who knows what kind of – you know, if there's validity to that or not. But the Yankees are starting to bump up uh, to the luxury tax, something they do not want to eclipse. The Dodgers are above that. Um, you know, the, 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 the Padres are pretty close to it. If the Yankees straight up were to take uh, the remaining salary back, it's probably in the neighborhood of six or seven million left on Trevor's deal this year. It would put them over uh, the, the, uh, the luxury tax threshold, I believe. And so yeah. if that was the case, the Rockies, I'm sure would be asked if, you know, they, they could come to some sort of agreement to take some money to, you know, pay for some of that contract. Now, if you do that, I know people go, Oh my God, here they go again. They pay, they, they, money. Yeah. You know, the, the Cardinals are going to send them $51 million. What are they doing? You're going to get a better player or package back because you are helping out the Yankees. That's the thought there. Yeah. You know, just like the thing with Nolan, uh, the Cardinals basically said we value him at $150 million. So the Rockies were trying to get that, you know, $200 million off their books. They couldn't, but they were able to get $150 million off. Right. Yeah, that almost, that almost sweetens the deal for the Rockies in a sense, where typically, yeah, you trade a guy, now you pay him. That actually almost works out in the Rockies' advantage, you know, because their payroll, you know, isn't terribly high. Obviously, they're not close to that uh, soft cap and uh and the luxury tax threshold mm -hmm. that if they pay his contract down a little bit they're going to get a better prospect back from the yankees yeah. so uh and it, it, you know it's it's not like you're they're buying a prospect it's just an industry standard thing that that ends yeah. up happening it, it's what ha happened with adam frazier going to the padres and we saw that uh they got a nice little haul for a, a first time all-star so it's it's interesting it, you'd, we'd all of course would love to be on a fly on the wall to to really know what kind of things are going on? I know in, in your book, Goody, uh, if these walls could talk, you talked about some of those trades that could have been, would have been, should have been for Larry Walker that we didn't know at the time. Now we hear about him. It's it's always so intriguing and interesting, but at the end of the day, we'll never really know what the best possible outcome is or what the best package and the best deal is out there. It's just, it's a crapshoot. 
in many it ways. It is. And you don't and you, you know, Patrick, to your point, you don't know to down the road, and, and I know you guys watch all the ball games and you and you may have caught um Spilly and I talking about this last night. Um Spilly went back and he looked at the 05, I think it was MLB.com, um or I think it was MLB.com. It doesn't matter. One of the rankings of the top 30, I think it was top 35 at the time, prospects in the Rockies organization in 05. Um, for instance, Spilly was 31. Well, Spilly had a really nice big league career. Yeah. And he was an integral part of, you know, three good Rockies teams. The 07 team, the 09 team, the 2010 team that, that stumbled down the stretch. But really key component, right? He was the 31st. He wasn't even in the top 30. Yeah. Brad Hopp was, I want to say, 16. Yeah. There was a lot of names that were not, oh, this has got, you know, this is the number one prospect. This is the number two prospect. This is the number three prospect. So you don't know. Just like a draft, when we look back on this, this year's draft, just like any draft, you're going to go, oh, man, 22 teams passed on Drew Creaseman, and this guy's a perennial all-star now. And mm-hmm. – it's a, it, the easiest analogy is when, and what most recent, not most recent, because there's been a lot of good players that weren't drafted number one, clearly. Uh, but, you know, Mike Trout, what was it, 24 teams, including the Rockies, passed on Mike Trout. Think think those 24 other yeah. teams would, have, would like to have a do over on that one? Even the Angels so, passed on Mike Trout. They picked right. Randall Gritchett first. Yeah. And then they said, okay, now we'll take okay, you, Mike well, Trout. You're not of the, the, the caliber yeah. of Randall Gritchuk, but. Right. Um, and yeah. to that point, um, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. We got to do an ad read real quick, but I want to finish the point because Goody also mentioned, you know, the compensatory pick earlier. And this is something I was, I was really curious about because um, there's a lot of different references on this. And we know, caveat aside, it, it's possible in the next CBA that they're, they're, they won't be able to, it won't exist this way. But if they do get the compensatory pick for slapping the qualifying offer on Trevor Story fan graphs, has a really great guide for you for the value of draft picks. Now, of course, it's theoretical because as Goody was just pointing out, some of these guys, you know, I was looking, so I went and looked at two things here, the value of the picks and then who have the Rockies kind of gotten in this area over the last several years. But just for the theoretical value, the 31st, they have the 31st overall pick valued at $9.8 million down to the 40th at 7.6, If you know, that, and it can depend on how many competitive bounds uh, but really, you go down to the 49th pick, you're still at $6.1 million, right, in, in theoretical value. So it's kind of always been my position that, you know, the Rockies need to be able to get a package that's worth more than that, right? That should be your goal. Drew, you're absolutely right. And that's how front offices look at it. It is, it is somewhat of a math equation, not just, oh, we like this package of prospects. And if you do get, you know, you have to assign a dollar value to they've done it with Case Williams. They've done it with Noah Davis in that that little trade that they made. Um, You have to do that. And that's why it's not just a a slam dunk for people to say, oh, you're going to get more value by trading Trevor Story. I don't know. The three of us don't know. We're not privy to what is offered on the other side what the conversations are but that that compensatory pick has a value that you attach to it and then you keep your fingers crossed that whoever whomever you select there becomes impactful and 
you know, this will be brought out a lot. I know you guys have talked about it. I've heard you talk about it. Trevor Story was a compensatory pick. Exactly. Doesn't mean, you know, the next guy's Trevor Story. We understand that. But it just shows you. You know, Ryan McMahon's a nice player. Ryan McMahon, second-round pick. Charlie Blackman's had a hell of a career. Charlie Blackman was a a second-round pick. Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado, second-round pick. Even even these last couple of years, guys like Chris McMahon and Jaden Hill that they've managed to grab with that second pick. I, I actually think I could make a pretty strong argument the Rockies have done better in the last 10 years with their second and pick in the draft than they have uh, with their first with a couple of uh, unfortunate, you know, flameouts for guys like Riley Pint and whatnot. But those second picks, they, they've been pretty good at. So, I, you know, it's. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Now, I w- I'll say on the right, flip side. The Riley Pint one, unfortunately, and the Greg Reynolds one, unfortunately. The Greg, yeah. Too, right? yeah, yeah. Those are those are big offers with yeah. your number one pick, right? That's tough. But I will say I, I do, as much as people who listen to this show regularly might not uh, uh, think I'm about to say this, I, I am pretty close to Patrick uh, of mind on this. I do think that, you know, especially hearing, you know, teams getting desperate, doing whatever, I, I tend to think that someone's going to offer them something. And I think if so, it would be smart, prudent, and and everyone should hopefully understand that this was the right time to move on from Trevor's story. And hopefully we get to watch him play in October and make a difference for some team down the stretch and, and finish out what's been a rough year for him in, in a very positive way. I think I think that can be a, a win for everybody involved. So, A, a storybook ending. Hey, there we weren't necessarily hoping. We thought it was going to be a different ending, but nevertheless, hey, man, that's why we play the games. You never know. Right. Never know what's going to happen. All right, let's pay some bills. Let's thank our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. You know I love the brews. You know I've come around on them Celsius. I wasn't sure I was ever going to be a Celsius guy. You know, I'm drinking those Hot Peak IPAs. Katie recently brought home because Breck Brew has they have their 15 can sampler of all kinds of different stuff, but they also have one of just their different IPAs, like a single IPA, Hot Peak IPA, a juicy, the juice drop. They got all. And I'm just like drinking all the IPAs, and you would think. This guy's not going to sit down and throw back a peach seltzer, but well, you make them like good company makes them. You make them like brew makes them. I will throw back a bunch of them peach seltzers. They're fantastic. Get your 15-can sampler at a liquor store down at King Supers. You can get a big wreck brew on draft if you're a member of the DNVR family. Do subscribe today at the DNVR.com. Get access to all the written content. You get discounts constantly on hats and shirts and all kinds of other stuff that we got down there. At the merch store, you get to come and hang out with us in the Discord channel, talking Rockies baseball and all things baseball and Olympics and all the other sports, movies, TV, what you eating, what you, where you hiking, where you snowboarding, all that stuff. Having a whole lot of fun in the Discord channel. Come be a member of the family. Subscribe to all of that stuff today. And of course, you know one of the great things about becoming a member is that we're always hooking you up with our fantastic sponsors, including one of our favorites, our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Of course, we love them because they're, they they help us actually win money. Uh, <laughs> one of the usually with these sponsors, you know, you spend money and then you get their product and it's very good, but, you know, you're out the money. Well, with this one, you actually end up with more money sometimes. I mean, if you, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> am I plus on the year? Look, these are not the important questions to ask. What's important is just to get out there, have some fun, lay a little bit of change on whatever you like, overs and unders on strikeouts and runs scored and stuff like that. Though, 
I did that whole rant about always taking the under on runs scored in Rockies games, and then they go out there and put a massive crooked twelve numbers. spot. Goody, would you ever? And again, there's probably I think I know the answer, but there's probably only a few starting pitchers that if you're making a friendly wager with someone, you would bet that the starting pitcher would not only just do well, but would earn the win, right? Like how often it's very infrequent that a starting pitcher earns the win. Would would you say it would it would take a very special type of starting pitcher to make such a, a friendly wager where the uh, starter would actually get the win? You have to you have to be good friends with the manager who allows you to hang around long enough to have the possibility of getting a win. That that is really becoming an antiquated stat to evaluate yeah. how good a starting pitcher is. Well, our, our guy Drew here nailed it. Um, yeah. That's what I'm saying. You, right. you need a guy that's like, look, there's a chance this guy won't come out of the game because he's he needs to get the, the 27th out. Well, our anyway, our, our guy Drew, I, I got I to big him up. He had Gomber the other night, not just to win or to have so many strikeouts. No, he said he's going to earn the W. And so I think that's kind of going out on a limb. These uh, days, and nailed these it. Days it is. It helps when you're up three it. to nothing, though. <laughs> yeah, I, they, they spot. I was feeling good about it early on, no question of of hedging it, but I did. It's like you need a lot of things to line up to get that right. He could pitch a fantastic game and get the notice. I loved his. I loved his response. I mentioned this on the air last night. Yes. He was pissed off. He was pissed. He gave yep. it, not. You don't expect him to be happy. He gives up a homer, but you know some guys. But ah, you know, I gave up a homer, but it's twelve two. He was pissed. He was yeah. pissed. He gave up that home run to Otani because he didn't like. Uh, I don't think he liked the pitch selection, and he certainly didn't like where he left the pitch, the pitch, ex- pitch execution. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's another reason to really admire Austin Gomber as we all get to know him. He's got a, he's got that, maybe not in the same demonstrative way, but he's got that same fire that Herman has at Kyle Freeland. I was going to say he's the most demonstrative of the rotation yeah. guys. They're, they're, they're great competitors, man. I I loved it. We talked about it on the show, but when when it happened, I I agree with you. And I think he thought he had him too. I think he thought he had beat him on the previous pitch. If you recall, I'm sure you did. You call it, but uh, you know, it was a foul tip for strike three that just he barely got a piece of and just wasn't quite held on to, which isn't on the catcher behind the plate. But I think that was the other thing going through his mind was. Oh, I had him. I, I had, uh, <laughs> you know, but you, you should, you feel like you should have struck out the best player in baseball and then you make a mistake and he gets you and you go, ah, that was great. Right. That's the competitive spirit. So if you want to get out there and, and bet on Austin Gomber or anyone else in the Colorado Rock or, or, you know, whichever way you take it, I, I keep taking the opposing pitchers plus on strikeouts, by the way, and that one's paying off for me too. So you know, all kinds of ways to have fun with it. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a, a medal. I don't know why the word if is in the sentence, but I, I'm contractually obligated to read it. That's code DNVR to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Zero. All right. So let's do get into that uh, a little bit. Goody, interesting series uh, for the Rockies in LA. Almost, I mean, it was right 
there for the team to, to win their second road series of the year. Didn't quite do it, but we've been talking all year. You guys have been talking about Bud Black was talking about yesterday. He was asked before the game um, by our good friend Owen Perkins of the Associated Press. He was asked about whether or not the bullpen was the most frustrating part of the team. But he said very candidly, actually, no, it's been our offense. Well, the last couple of days, the offense has shown up, uh, looked pretty good. What what have you seen and, and what have you been seeing really out of the road Rockies who for the last couple of weeks have looked far more solid than they did for the first couple of months? Well, a couple notes on that, Drew. Uh, first of all, the Rockies in the first game of a road trip, now I'm taking you back uh, from Anaheim to Chavez Ravine, they scored nine runs, yeah. uh, 10 innings, six runs in, in nine innings, and then the three-run 10th highlighted by Charlie Blackman's home run at Dodger Stadium to put it completely out of reach. The Rockies, as we know, struggle on the road to score, and they struggle in first games after they leave altitude. Yeah. They got nine, so that was impressive. We know the the previous three games or, or trip, they went three and three on before the All-Star break, took two of three at Petco uh, before the All-Star game. So nine was a good sign at Dodger Stadium, and then they lost two close baseball games, didn't score a lot there. They go to Anaheim. They put up the uh, the 12 spot, which was great to see. Um, now it's nine home runs on the road in the six games they play. Now the record's not great. It's two and four, uh, but they are starting to score some runs and hit the ball over the wall on the road, which, which clearly is good to see. I don't – I don't know if I would favor one or the other uh, from where I sit. You know, it, the if you ask me the same question you asked Buddy, I would say I would have equal concerns about th where the offense is and where it ultimately needs to be for the Rockies to be a contending team. And the same thing uh, about the bullpen. I yeah. mean, the bullpen needs to be – a boatload better than it's been the last couple of years uh, to give the Rockies a chance to finish games, win some of these one-run games, two-run games that have gotten away. I mean, I, the the single, I suppose, most salient point you could make that supports um, the fact that we know the bullpen, you know, needs to be much better is that the rotation has been, by every measurement, outstanding yeah. going on two months, right? Yeah. I mean, and not just outstanding by Rocky standards or um, you know, pretty good, better than what they normally do. Top of the big leagues in, in so many different measurements, So, which would suggest, oh, man, you're getting great starting pitching and some lengthy starting pitching. You must be, you know, if you've played 60 games in that vein, you must be, you know, 10 games over 500 over those 60 or 12 games, right? But they're not, which means there's other areas, other issues. Offense, certainly one. Don't dispute what Buddy said there. Agree a thousand percent. Uh, but the bullpen as well. I think I mean, last night they battled their ass off. They were down yeah. seven three. They yeah. get the seven seven big hit from Brendan Rodgers. You know, you got a little bit of momentum back on your side, and unfortunately, yeah. you know, Carlos Estevez gives up a run. Yeah. And that was a bullpen day too. Like that. That was the bullpen throwing all those innings. So, I mean, it, it kind of is all illuminated right there. And I think to what Buddy, you know, said about the offense, maybe being the most frustrating part is with the bullpen. I actually thought the bullpen was going to be surprisingly good. I thought there were enough pieces in there that, you know, if, if they all line up well, 
you know, would have been great. And I think, you know, I think there's still a lot left in Yancy Almonte and Robert Stevenson when he comes off the IL. You know, there there are some guys there that can deliver. But I think to Buddy's point, maybe one of the reasons why the bullpen hasn't been quite as frustrating is they've got so many young arms, right? They've had at various points, maybe six different relief pitchers in the bullpen at various times, really always at least two to three relief pitchers in the bullpen. And so I think, you know, there's certain expectations that you might not necessarily have for those young guys that are rookies. A lot of them, you know, a couple of them even making their major league debut this year, I guess it kind of tamps down the, uh, the frustration in a sense or expectations because you go, yeah, these are young guys. They're figuring it out. It's frustrating, but it's to be expected a little bit. Whereas with the offense, you know, those names and you, you feel like you, there should be more getting out of those bats. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to be, honest and how you appraise it i know you're being honest i i'm looking back and uh to spring training um you would hope that the comp that that in concert with bard and givens who are veteran guys you were going to have another veteran guy who's been outstanding in scott Oberg. we know scott's story um and and, and it's it, it's sad from a baseball standpoint we understand yeah. that uh, but now you're talking about you know, another legitimate plus side guy. And so uh, you're going to like the bullpen a little bit more. But on paper, they still didn't have a left-hander or a couple of left-handers. Now, I like the progress Lucas Gilbreth has made, speaking of, you yeah. know, last yeah. night aside, you know, different kind of role for him. But he's been yeah. throwing the ball well. I think Ben Bowden's throwing the ball uh, better. Last couple of times we've he's seen him, better, I mean, yeah. he had two good innings last night. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, when they broke camp, you know, you had two really young guys, really inexperienced guys on the left side. Uh, so that, you know, that was an area that, that certainly needed upgrading. Uh, it goes back to that that line that's so familiar in baseball. You can never have enough pitching. You can never have enough depth. Mm -hmm. The Dodgers thought they had a ton of depth, and now they're scrambling trying to find starting pitching. Yeah, they got Jimmy Scherfey. Jimmy Scherfey. <laughs> Uh, yeah, right. Jimmy, Jimmy Superfly Snooka, Creaseman. There's your wrestling reference. There it is. There we Jimmy go. Super, Superfly Sherfy. Yeah. I like it. That that could work. Off the top of the cage for us. No, mm -hmm. I uh, think it better. He's got bigger arms than you. Just, just barely, though. I mean, you, yeah. you'd have to. You really got to hold up the tape measure to. Yeah. Just slightly. Uh, so, yeah, one guy I did want to ask you about. So, again, going back to those and, and Patrick and I, and I know you've been big about this on the Drew Goodman podcast, talking about, you know, who's a part of that that solution, that next team that's going to be competitive for the squad. And I'll, I'll tell you who I'm enjoying every single time he comes to the plate these days, Goody, and that's Brendan Rodgers. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd been high on him for a long time because I watched him very closely in the minor leagues and I – I talked to scouts who we all know raved and raved and raved about this guy and you, you see the things, but then, you know, there's that group of people that just, they watch major league baseball. They see you show up at the show and all right, kid, let's see it. And, and we just didn't from Rogers and we know injuries and all the things. So. Uh, it just feels like for so long that we Hope he does okay here. I hope this doesn't go super awful. And now you're going, man, I can't wait to see what he does now. Well, he's been one of the two best hitters on the road for the Rockies, Blackman being the other. Uh, the two balls he hit out 
at the Big A were big boy home runs, dead center field, no doubters. I mean, if you hit it over the center field wall, you can tip your cap, right? Um, those were no doubters to center field. He's a different guy from a competence standpoint. I've spent um, a little bit of time with him. He came on the podcast about a month ago, and he admitted, and I and I appreciate this, when you really hear an athlete be candid, especially with the insecurity of being a young player, the insecurity of being a guy that has uh, that, that comes along with a guy that a lot of expectations had been attached to you and you hadn't done much yet. So for him to come out and say when he finally hit that first home run that it was such a weight off of his shoulders, but it allowed him, it freed him up to, to kind of play to his talent level. And, and we don't know where ultimately uh, he's going to reside as a big leaguer, but I think he's a middle of the order guy. I mean, I think he's a, he's going to be a 25 home run guy, good at bat guy, um, you know, strong average guy that doesn't, you know, strikes out below league minimum while while being able to do damage, um, doubles, homers. Uh, I'm 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 getting really excited about Brendan Rodgers. You know, the Rockies have played what 100, and I'm looking at my book. It's 102 games. Tonight's game number 103. Um, one of the better stories as you try to provide answers as you presented, Drew, uh, for the group that's going to be part of the solution. There's no question, you know, Drew. Uh, hey, there's no question, not Drew Creesman, because we've got problems if that's the answer. I'll talk about stuff. Let's <laughs> yeah, but, but Brendan, Rod, Brendan Rodgers has been a really nice story uh, this year, and I think it just continues to grow. Yeah, he's, he's really stepped up, you know, this, this season, especially after those first couple weeks of just kind of feeling comfortable. And, yeah, now he is comfortable. You know, he's – as you said, him and Charlie have been great on the road. He's actually hitting a little bit better on the road. If you look at his splits, he's been better away from Coors Field than at Coors Field. And he's yeah. been still really good. He's got five homers on the road versus two at home. So yeah. that's a good problem to have. I, I think if you're a ball player, uh, and I wouldn't even necessarily say that's a problem because, you know, for all intents and purposes, he's still a rookie. Right, like he he hasn't had one full complete season, and uh, still hasn't played a hundred games in the majors yet. So, uh, it's really good to see his his growth coming along as he is going to be one of those guys um, that's going to steer this franchise going forward. With you know so many of them you know becoming free agents in the next couple of years, and we'll see what happens this off season with extensions. But Brendan Rodgers is going to be that guy going forward, and it's it's good that. You know, the, the statistics and his performance and his just, again, as you said, overall confidence is starting to reflect that that place in the franchise future. You know, I give a lot of credit to, fellas, and you guys know this because you're around the club. I give a lot of credit to Ryan McMahon uh, in how he is handled. Not that Ryan's, you know, Charlie Blackman, mid-30s, grizzled vet. I mean, he's still a young, uh, youngish player, clearly, as well. But he's really gone out of his way to make Brendan Rodgers feel welcome, to talk up Brendan Rodgers, uh, to promote Brendan Rodgers, because whether it is in the next 24 hours or, you know, six months from now when the Rockies or whatever it is, eight months from now, gather again at spring training, we know that there's a significant likelihood that Trevor Story is not a Rocky. And that means, yeah, again, barring some sort of 
you know, additional move in the offseason or maybe it's at the trade deadline. We don't know. Um, Brendan Rodgers may be asked to play his natural position. Uh, so and when he looks around, he's going to go, OK, yeah, there's Blackman's Blackman's the leader of this team. He's he's the mid 30s guy who has a great resume. After that, you know, it's McMahon, you know, and, and now it's my turn to, to step up with the top he is. Uh, you know, uh, of the world and that that really good starting rotation. Hopefully the Rockies are able to, to keep that intact and, and build around that. But I think he, you're going to see a guy that, that can take, a you know, a couple more steps um, from a confidence standpoint based on not only performance, but based on going, you know what? Yeah, this is this is I'm not saying solely my team, but yeah, I'm, I'm now one of the guys. And I don't think he ever felt that, even though he was a top-flight prospect. When he came up and it was Nolan at third and Trevor at short, and, you know, I think DJ was still here, right, uh, initially. I mean, just, you know, that's probably intimidating, even for a guy that was a, a big-time prospect. And they want to see it. You know that. They want to see it. Yeah. Okay, I've heard a lot about this guy. This guy was drafted, what was he, third in the yeah. draft? I want to see it. Just prove it to me. You know, so – I, I, there, there's more. There's definitely more there. Uh, so it'll be it'll be curious to watch. I um, love what you said there about McMahon and and what he's been able to do for Rogers because those are those are two guys similar age, one twenty five, one and twenty six years old, about to turn twenty seven in, in a half a year from now. But ultimately, those guys never really cross paths. It's it's not like yeah, no, we were teammates, and I've seen him down in Nashville. I saw what he was, you know, able to do at Lancaster. They they weren't teammates, you know, um, but yet he was still able to identify. Obviously, Rogers' importance to the organization, um, you know, look after him, you know, be that big brother figure. And even just a couple of years ago, it, it seemed like last year, and maybe even towards the end of 2019, once Cargo had moved on, it was all right. Who's going to be that guy in the clubhouse back back in those days when? We just saunter down out of the press box and just see what everyone's doing, uh, popping out of the showers and, and getting ready to, to go over on their road trip. And as we talk, exchange stories, wrap up the game, that Ryan McMahon had this thing. He had this quality about him to kind of really, you know, summarize a game or summarize those key moments and not, you know, shy away from that spotlight, even as a young guy with all of those veterans that you said, including like a DJ LeMahieu. And so that's that's another growth I, I want to see. Is Rogers on the field? He's doing it now, and he's going to continue going forward. But seeing McMahon off the field and that leadership quality now that he has, especially with you know good odds that Story may be moving on, this may become McMahon, Rogers, Tapia's team. In addition to, of course, the big brother and Charlie Blackman. Yeah, I, uh, he has uh, talking about McMahon. Uh, he has some magnetism to him. He he has yeah. his personality. He has a, a a good guy feel, which is legit to him. You like being around him. He, he's he's upbeat. He's got a smile on his face. He's a very he's the guy you want your daughter to date. All that stuff. Right? Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, he's a like he's a very likable guy, and you can see that even on television when we cut to the dugout. I mean, he's having conversations with numerous. It, people and um, he's he's always engaged. Uh, he's that way around the uh, the batting cage, and and he wants to be he wants to be great. I know he hasn't hit a lot of home runs lately. It's been a while, uh, but he's getting his hits. He actually has hitting you know for a pretty darn good average, and his on base percentage in July 
uh, has been really good. Uh, he's there, there's a lot there's a lot there, and he's a versatile defender, as we all know. Yeah. So yeah, you're you're seeing a transition. It's not the first time. Uh, we've seen this before with the Rockies, but there's a transition that's taking place, especially with the potential, uh, whether it's uh, immediate or in a few months, that you know Trevor's not part of the mix. You reminded me of something there that uh, I want to talk about. Speaking of the the defense, there's there's something I wanted to share with you, but got to remember, of course, to re, uh, get in touch with our friends. Well, they got defense over at Colorado XOs, Infinity Park, playing rugby. They got defense out there. It's, it's so much fun going out to Infinity Park, watching the rugby. They got some Rugby Town Sevens tournament coming up at the end of August. It's a whole lot of fun. Uh, you can also check the calendar there at Infinity Park. Uh, at glendale.com slash events because uh, they've also they're showing movies and doing all kinds of fun stuff out there i have a whole lot of fun chatting with our rugby guys i got to go on their podcast and, and do a draft of rockies players who might have made great rugbyers over the years that was a whole lot of fun i think we're going to do another one of those or, or similar to that so make sure you're subscribed to the dnvr rugby podcast you're following colton strickler on twitter and you're getting all of those updates it'll put a big old smile on your face and of course that smile and the smiles of a lot of those rugby guys i promise you brought to you by our friends over at green mountain dental group they they need to get them taken care of you need to get them taken care of and the best place to do it is someplace that's going to make you feel like family going to make you comfortable and also knows about sports knows about dnvr they can take care of you they can make you feel good they'll also hook you up with a free sonicare toothbrush when you schedule your cleaning x-ray and exam just 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver in Lakewood, go over to Green Mountain Dental Group. They're absolutely fantastic. Uh, all right, Goody, so, so you mentioned that, and I, I was um, going through these defensive numbers the other day, and you know you were talking about it, but not only is McMahon a, a versatile defender, by some measures, he's been the best defender uh, in baseball. But what kind of blows my mind is the – product uh, the production that the Rockies have gotten uh, specifically at third base where they are according to fan graphs they have 17 defensive runs saved at third base between Ryan McMahon and Joshua Fuentes and the I think it's the Pirates are in second place with 10 like that's just an their <laughs> their third base defense has been extraordinary DRS also really positive on Elias Diaz behind the plate Raimal Tapia has taken a huge leap forward. He's now second or he's been tied for second and third, kind of going back and forth between that and DRS and left field. So I just wanted to get your take on that, the the defense the Rockies are playing, how it's it's standing out to you and and what have been sort of the most notable things about uh, the caliber of their their defensive play this year. Well, I've always said this, as great a defender as Nolan is, and he's the best third baseman defensively I've ever seen. Yeah. From an athletic standpoint, McMahon's a better athlete than Nolan. And and that's not to knock Nolan. And I'm not and I would say this if Nolan was still playing third for the Rockies. I probably said this in, in years past. Athletically, Ryan McMahon, he's not a burner, but he, he runs better. He he's you know probably a little you know He's just a fluid athlete. I'm not saying oh, yeah. not. So, what he's doing, it, it's it's been awesome to see. I, it would be a heck of a story because he's playing there now regularly, because Brendan Rodgers has put his 
foot down, right. if you will, at second base, and and we know Fuentes has struggled with the bat. Wouldn't that be something if McMahon ends up a Gold Glove winner and ends the eight-year run of his former teammate, which is in within the realm of of possibility right now because those metrics that you throw out there, and I don't love all those metrics, yeah, but there is a fairly strong respect for and adherence to those metrics by the voting body. It's not just who's the biggest name who plays third base, who's the biggest name who plays first base. Uh, those days, you know, ha- have gone away. And Nolan's still a brilliant defender. Uh, as I said, he's the best third baseman I've ever seen. But, but Ryan McMahon can pick it. Ryan McMahon can play second. Um, the Rockies have a great history. One of the strengths of this club, they've produced offensive players, position players, and they've produced really good infield defenders, um, you know, uh, particularly second, short, and third. And and listen, you know, Big Cat was a great first baseman. I know he wasn't from the Rockies organization. Helton was a great first baseman. Uh, we've kind of had a revolving door at first base over the last uh, few years. Uh, but the Rockies have played really good defense in their infield, historically. And- and with McMahon and, and the Rockies in general at third base with those uh, 18 uh, defensive runs saved, it's actually tied for most at any position with yeah. the Rangers right field. That's Joey Gallo. He's now yeah. on the Yankees. So, I mean, that <laughs> could go a long way right now, you know, oh, just wow, looking yeah. at the team rankings. Cardinals, one defensive run saved at, at third base. So there's somewhat of a gap. Is it enough? Because we know a lot of times with the voters of uh, – you know, the Gold Glove Award, sometimes it can be somewhat of a, of a superstar type award. And if someone has a stronghold on the award, it's hard for someone to kind of pull that away. So I don't, Ryan McMahon needs to get his jersey a little more dirtier. Uh, he, he needs to almost do the Jim Edmonds deal, right? Where he knows he can track that fly ball down. But, but let me just time it a little bit more slowly, full extension. I look good. And uh, yeah. and then I think that'll they'll change some minds and I'll, yeah I think the uh, the other part of it has to be what do you have it in front of you how many uh, how many games has Ryan played now at third this year oh yeah I moved over to left field let me move back to third base because yeah that that's the other thing is he's doing it and and he has much fewer they they have it listed by innings instead of games here let me see yeah McMahon's played four hundred twenty one point two innings. At third base, Joshua Fuentes four fifty one, so just a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but so that to, yeah. again, we, it, for him to win a Gold Glove, he can't look at the same roster and go, "Yeah, one of your teammates has more reps at third base." So, if if Nolan, you know, plays you know one hundred and forty five games at third or one hundred and fifty games at third. And one guy has better numbers, but he only played, you know, 103. Yeah. You know, that's gonna, that, that's gonna, and I, and I don't even, I haven't looked that closely at it. I know where, where Ryan is. I, you mentioned Nolan's plus one. I don't know the other third baseman if there's, if there's any gap between, you know, or other players in there that are in the conversation. Former Rocky Charlie Culberson with a six DRS for Texas. Interestingly enough, he's in fifth place. Austin Riley, Matt Chapman, who you would expect with five for Oakland, and he's got over 800 innings played. And then Nolan Arenado with four with over 800 innings played. So, yeah, Mac's going to have to catch up. 
in terms of innings. And I did double check. Raimel Tapia now with it updated is tied with Randy Arozarena for number one at DRS amongst all left fielders. Now Arozarena has done it in almost half the time. So Arozarena has been the much better defender. That said, playing innings is also valuable. So yeah. Garrett, Ham- Garrett Hampson's way up there in center field. Yeah. 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 McMahon, 46 starts at third base, 41 starts at second base. So, you know, you, you almost put aside the second base starts and go, oh, you've started half the amount of games of Nolan Arenado. So that's going to be obviously a slight disadvantage. Uh, I'm not sure if it was Reggie Jackson or if it was Bret Hart who said, you know, to be the man, you've got to beat the man. Actually, it was Ric Flair. I was, uh, I, I was wrong on both of them. But Ric Flair. And so you're right. You know, if he's the incumbent champ, if Nolan's the incumbent champ, you've got to – it's got to be clear. You clearly. So if – Unless they change the award, we can we can give a gold glove out for a team effort, and that would still go to the Rockies once again. But if it's the player, uh, we'll see what happens in these these final 59, 60 games left in the season. That would be what a story that would be, wouldn't it? Though, and and like Goody said earlier, with Rogers sort of taking over more at second, I think he's going to stack them up. He's not going to catch him, but he's going to make it compelling. It'd be, it'd be a nice story, but here's what I'm about, and I know here's what you're about, and certainly here's what the fans are about. Lay it on us. At the end of the day, I don't give a bleep about any of that. Yeah. I mean, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. It makes for a nice podcast conversation that we're enjoying today, <laughs> but it's about wins and losses, man. Wins and losses. It's about wins and losses. And I, I do think you need to play strong defense to be a winning team, but clearly the other components have to be better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so – you know that offense and bullpen stuff we were talking about earlier <laughs> right uh, right all right goody uh plug plug the show for the week and let's let's let the people out of here Ooh, yeah it's a good uh, one it's a good one with connor joe i, I won't yeah. spoilers but yeah fantastic thanks patrick um and and thanks for for listening you're always i think you're always like the first listener because i think it's like you when it drops thursday morning patrick always always listened um i'm up at 5 a.m yeah. no i i haven't yet i i usually will get to it by uh you know late today or friday that sort of thing when i'm your writing. editor your editor nailed it don't worry he did he did a good job uh let me tell you what mark mark andrews Marky's great I mean, he is, he's done a superb job helping me out. He's my right-hand guy. So, uh, anyhow, it's Connor Joe. Uh, great story that I think people have a familiarity to. But when you hear him talk about what he's been through, when you just hear him uh, talk about, you know, his journey in life, his journey in baseball, uh, he's a fascinating guy. He's a super bright guy. He's a super likable guy. And... Uh, I, I really do think we had a we had a you know have a have a special show this week, and I don't you know I'm not a big self promoter, but I do I, I do think that you'll really enjoy that listen with him, and you'll I, be a big fan. You'll be a big, there's no way, right, Patrick? You can't come away from listening to Connor Joe and not go, man, I root for that guy. It it may have been my favorite episode um, in the last couple months, just. Because again, the conversation you have going into the cancer diagnosis, how he ended up choosing the Rockies, right? He's a free agent. And how do you decide to go to the Rockies versus any other team and the anniversary of, uh, you know, being cancer free. And, and he even does address the Joe chance, right? You, you asked him about it, the Joe, 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 everyone getting behind him, how he feels about it, what the other players have said to him. It's, 
uh, it's it's kind of timeless, to be honest. It's one of those where I think, you know, even in five years' time, you go, do you remember that moment in time? You know, Connor Joe, he had, a, you know, played a couple years with the Rockies, whatever it was, but how that was a real big story at the time. I think this one is one of those evergreen episodes. It's really timeless. I, yeah. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, no, I I, I appreciate the plug. And, um, again, you, you come away a fan of, of Connor Joe. You come, I think we all were anyhow, guys like us, because we – you know, seen him and a little bit, but uh, you'll you'll come away a big fan. Well, this show is ending, so you should go and listen to that show immediately. You're on your podcast app. You can download it and listen to it the exact same way you're listening to this show right now. Drew Goodman podcast. It's not hard to find. It's not hard to remember. It's very cleverly titled, I must say. <laughs> hey, look, sometimes you just make it easy on people. You find your way. Make sure you check out the Connor Joe episode. You do not want to miss that. Make sure you're following everybody on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at Drew Goodman42, and of course at DNVR underscore Rockies. Got to subscribe to the DNVR.com for all the written content, the access to the Discord, the discounts, the free shirt when you get the annual subscription, all the cool stuff that comes with becoming a member of the family. We appreciate you all for listening to this episode. Can only ask that you continue to be absolutely awesome baseball fans out there. We promise to continue being absolutely Patrick Lyons, Drew Goodman, and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.